And I would, it's more about who you know than what you know to get your foot in the door. Now you still need to know and be good. Okay, earn your ask, okay, earn it. Do not go out there and just start asking people because then you're a take, take, taker. And I've met a lot of take, take, takers where you go into a networking meeting and they're just asking and they haven't earned it yet. They haven't earned the right to ask you a dang thing. I do have to identify. And I'm super back. I really wish that. Hey, I have some sales. My dad died when I was three, man. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to this episode of the How to Get a Job podcast. Today, we're going to talk about networking and why who you know is more important than what you know when it comes to getting a job. And to talk about this amazing topic, I got Trevor Houston with me today. He is a licensed financial professional, career strategist, executive producer, and host of the Who You Know show. Trevor, welcome. How are you doing today? Man, I'm doing so good. Happy Friday. What's good, man? Oh, man better you? than I deserve. Better than I deserve. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Happy to be speaking to you. I can't complain about life, to be to be quite honest. Absolutely. Well, it's a great day to be alive. Absolutely, man. That? So super excited to talk about this topic because for me, uh, I would say I'm, I'm really bad at a lot of things. But one thing that you know has helped me throughout my life, my career has been the ability to build relationships, the ability to network, the ability of, you know, meeting people and and creating value both ways that allows those relationships to expand. And coming from someone who wasn't the best at school, graduated with a 2.9 GPA, but still can come out of uh, school with multiple offers, is all because of networking. It's who who I knew and who knew me. And so this is a, a really important topic. And I've been career coaching for over 10 years. And I would die on this hill, hill that I would, it's more about who you know than what you know to get your foot in the door. Now, you still need to know and be good, uh, but that comes second. And it seems like we, we're, we agree on that. But tell me more about you and what got you to really t- be so passionate about networking and career coaching. Well, you know, it's so interesting. Uh, real quick, I want to touch on something that you said. So you said you didn't have a good GPA and stuff like that or whatever, uh, but through networking and relationship building and stuff like that has helped you through your career. Uh, very similar to me. Listen, I don't have a formal education. Uh, I was very much the least likely to succeed. Um, my background, you know, growing up, uh, I was actually in and out of uh, juvenile detention facilities and gotten a lot of trouble early on in, in my life. I was told I had uh, ADHD and I had a problem. They wanted to put me on medication uh, in special education. I was in mm-hmm. special ed and they actually put me in a, uh, a padded room. They would lock me up in. Okay. So I had every like thing that was supposed to be uh, a setback. Okay. I was told I was kind of like damaged goods, if you would. Right. Like, and growing up through that, I actually was able to transform my life. Okay. But it was through the power of relationships that helped me. Uh, you know, I ended up finding a mentor. I ended up, uh, getting with my, my real father and he, coached me and and taught me things and showed me the way to a better life and and helped me to realize you know work and uh a good work ethic and and stuff like that was uh you know a lot of great lessons I learned from my father but when I connect the dots through my life there's always these people you know there's always these people that help 
you know, take me to that next level. Because to be honest with you, growing up, I wasn't supposed to make it here. I wasn't supposed to be where I'm at today. And if it weren't for the people along the way, if it wasn't for who you know, um, forget the education. It had nothing to do with that. It was all about people. So uh, anyway, I can kind of relate to your story a little bit, what you were saying about the GPA and all of that, because I definitely was not great at school, don't have a formal education at all. But I'm still here and I'm I'm doing pretty well, I think, you know, I'm doing pretty, pretty well. So I would I would love to learn a little bit more about like, you know, what got you motivated and in, in, in passionate about helping job seekers. OK, uh, so about eight years ago, I was introduced uh, through networking, actually. I was at a coffee meeting and this guy told me about this job networking group. And I was like, all right, let's go check out this group. And so I went there and originally I was there for business purposes because he told me, hey, these guys could use your services because they've got, you know, old 401ks and things like that. They may need to look at their options. And, you know, I'm in financial services, so we do 401k rollovers and stuff like that. So, you know, originally I was there for business purposes. And uh, but when I walked in that room, I saw about 100 or so senior level executives, okay? And let me let me kind of describe the room for you. I walk in and you can immediately feel the energy in the room. There's like a void, okay? There's like this void of energy. And I'm like, what's going on in here? And so you got a room full of senior level executives who are really struggling to get back to work. They're dealing with ageism. Uh, their resume is going in the black hole and the ATS is scanning for keywords and they're, they're not getting noticed. They're not getting seen. Uh, they're getting those automatic, you know, uh, rejection emails and they're feeling worthless. They're feeling hopeless. They're feeling stressed out. And the other thing about it is we noticed that the stress and the anxiety and the fear that they had, it really deep down stemmed from the financial side of the career search because people have a, a runway, right? They have a, a financial runway and it's like this, okay? And then the longer that search goes, their runway is doing like this, okay? And it's just going backwards and backwards and backwards and getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And so they're afraid. And it's kind of like what happens is, it's like quicksand. They start struggling. They start feeling it. They're like, they're worried. And, and the, the harder they struggle, the quicker they start to sink. And so we noticed that. And it was like, man, these people are really going through a hard time. So let me be a fly on the wall. Let me figure out what the problems are and let me develop some solutions. And so over time, I've developed a lot of different programs. Everything I teach is outside the box. And we're not just helping people on the financial. Like, the, yeah, that's, that's our core business. That's not what all we do. Matter of fact, we have so many programs and services to help people recover their cash flow. Right. I want to help people holistically on both sides. I want to help you to recover your cash flow. And then I want to help you with, you know, managing some of that financial stress at the same time. Yeah. So that you can go back to focusing on your job search. Right. So we, we really attack it from both ends. 
And uh, yeah, so that's that's how it got started, though. I was just introduced by networking yeah. to this group and decided to really dig so in. So w- one thing, I, you know, you, were, you even said this when you were just talking about like people going and, and their resumes getting lost in the applicant tracking system. And I see a lot of job seekers are always trying to like optimize their resume or beat or beat the applicant tracking system or try to figure out like hacks, like like copy and paste the job description, put it like in font, like, like three and put it in white letters so that like the, the, the applicant tracking system can like read it and find the keywords, all that. And I, and I, and I'm a big fan of saying like, Hey, like instead of trying to like cheat or hack the applicant tracking system, why don't you just bypass it all together? Like if you just network with the human that's responsible for making the decision of who gets the job or not, then you do, who cares about the applicant tracking system? So, I mean, that happens with networking. Um, what, what is your networking philosophy? No, I agree with you. Um, I think applying online is literally just a, just a part of the process. And no matter what you do with your resume, this is my, my feelings on it. No matter what you do, expect to be in the black hole, right? Just expect it. Expect that your resume is not going to make it through and it's going to be sitting, you know, in in the ATS and no humans are actually going to look at it. You need to, you need to take that approach. Like no one will see this and and you're going to get an automatic canned email. That's going to hit your inbox and it's going to say, thanks, but no thanks. Okay. You need to take that approach to say, okay, that's just step one. Okay, I applied. And that automatic canned email means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. It means no one saw you, saw your saw your information. No one's looked at you. So now what's the next step? Get someone human involved in the process. You have to get mm-hmm. humans involved. Because otherwise, you're dead in the water. Okay. And you're gonna have to apply for a million. This is why people do the spray and pray. <laughs> They, they're going to have to apply for a million jobs in order to get any kind of result, right? And that's just insanity. No wonder they feel yeah. hopeless because they're just getting all these rejections. And even though they're canned rejections and even though they're not real, it feels real. Yeah. When it hits your inbox, it's like, ugh, it's like you're kicking the you-know-what. And so... Why would you do that to yourself? Just understand that that's just part of the process. You got to apply. You're going to get the canned email. No worries. Now let's go get humans. Let's go talk to people that work at that company. If I apply at Toyota, I need to talk to people that work at Toyota. Yeah. Okay. And I need to have conversations with them so that they can go in in the black hole and pull that resume out and actually look at it. Yeah. Even if you got a rejection, you know how many people I've got jobs that got rejection emails yep. from the same company. And, and I think it's important to understand like how that kind of works in the sense of like, why, why is that? Well, if you think about your resume as the most biased document in the world, right? As everything good you've done in your life with none of the bad. And also thinking about the fact that most people lie or exaggerate in their resumes anyways, right? Like, it's like if you, if you even go like 85% of people lie or, or, or exaggerate on their resume as a hiring manager, as, as a business owner, myself, as someone who's hired, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of people, both corporately and now for my own business. Like if I just got that resume because you applied online, I have to take that resume with a grain of salt. But 
if someone I knew handed me that resume, that resume is now just as credible as the person who handed it to me. So for example, if my wife hands me a resume who I trust more than anybody else, I'm going to trust that resume because of the relationship that I have with my wife. And also I would ask my wife, is it, what's your relationship with this individual? And if this per if my wife says, Oh, I just met them. Or if my wife says like, Hey, I know them for 10 years. You know, they're really good work ethic and things like that. That's going to be more. And I'm more likely to interview or even ultimately hire someone with a referral, someone that was introduced to me than someone who randomly applied to my organization, because all I have to base that off of originally, initially, is a biased document that most likely you lied to, you lied on or exaggerated on. Well, let's talk about it for a second. Let's just be real about it. The resume is the most archaic way. It's so it's so ancient, man. This is an archaic way of doing business. And in the end of the day, this is a business mm -hmm. transaction. Okay, this is a transaction between a company and the employee. Okay. And when the when the employer hires you right you're signing up okay it's a lot of money it's a lot of money they're committing to when they sign up with you okay let's say you're a hundred thousand dollar salary and you know the average tenure on a job is three to four years okay so they're committing to three to four hundred thousand plus bonus and benefits and everything else. So really they're committing to like half a million dollars when they sign that dotted line with you. So this is a big transaction going down. This is a half a million dollar transaction. Okay. That's the way you have yeah. to look at it. And we're doing this super archaic way of making this transaction. At the end of the day, why do they even interview you? They interview you because they want to get to know you as the mm -hmm. person, the person behind the text, the person behind the resume. The resume is a piece of garbage. Let me just tell you right now. Otherwise, they would hire you immediately based off of your happens. resume. And that, Until that happens, it'll that never, never happen, happen, right? It'll never happen. Yeah, that, Until the AI is that good, the AI is so good that, that you can just apply with your piece of paper and they hire you. That piece but of paper I don't even is garbage. Think, like, it's just a formality. I think you can get there, but it's not because they because of the sheet of paper. It's because the AI can look at everything you've done through social media or everything else, then they can gather more data to make it that a more, a more informed decision. Because hiring is such an such an is such a massive investment for an organization, and the smaller the company is. But do you think even through you think even through AI? That's a good question. Through AI, okay, and AI has been pretty yeah. impressive lately. Let's just put it that way. But you think even through AI checking all your social media and looking at like all of your data points. Imagine if they knew everything that you liked or how long you were looking at certain things and they're able to pull all these data points about you and all this. Do you think they could still, a computer could still make an educated decision? I think, I think, maybe I it think could. It, eventually it maybe, will. maybe the computer makes a better decision I think so. than the like, human. You know, like, I, I don't know if you've heard or saw those though. <laughs> and this is, the the case or that article and i don't know how credible this is that that like the facebook has you know meta or facebook has over twenty thousand uh point data points on each individual right and their algorithm has gotten so good that it can essentially predict that you will that you have cancer before you have cancer based on whatever and so that's crazy so i do think that eventually maybe that that it can gather enough information to be able to predict the success of you in a job more accurately than the how do you, how do you, okay. 
So I guess they, they would need to, with something like that, they would really need to, at scale, uh, test that thing out to see, hey, um, like, how successful is this tool? Let's say they had an AI that was doing that from start to finish, no humans involved, hiring people. How do you measure the success of those individuals? I guess how long they stay with the company, all of those types of yeah, metrics. The, the KPI, like, I mean, how do you measure that success you, you can rate? You start with roles, like, for example, sales that are easier to quantify, right? Like, hey, the people we hire through AI do this did this much uh, generate this much revenue for the company, the people that we hired through the humans do this much and you can, uh, you know, allocate. But I, yeah, I think we're not there yet. I think until humans still make that decision, I think networking becomes key. But so let, let me kind of pivot the conversation a little bit, because I think we I, I think we agree that networking is important and, and that that's that's important. But what if I don't have a network? What if my, my mom, my dad, my neighbors, my uncles, can't help me get the job. I'm just not well connected. Maybe I come from, you know, from a, a troubled childhood and I'm already trying to make big deals, but I don't know how to get into those big companies or into those opportunities. How would you suggest of building a network when you don't really have one? Yeah, it's a great question. A lot of different ways to build a network. Um, you know, I, I started building my network through, um, volunteering that was how i i started to build mine like i said i was volunteering at this job networking group and i started to build my network to support them right it wasn't about me so i started connecting with recruiters and hiring managers on linkedin and and i did that i i started to build my network of of people that could help them, right? I was building my network to support these job seekers in an, in an attempt to network, in an attempt to volunteer and give back and support them, right? Now, if you uh, take yourself out of that for a second, and let's just say you're, you know, Joe Schmo, okay? Uh, lots of other ways that you can start to build your network. Again, volunteering is a great way because you're building uh, your network around commonality, a mm -hmm. common interest, a common goal, right? A common belief, yep. right? Something that's super important to you. So I, I definitely love uh, uh, volunteering. Social networking, okay, would be online, social, uh, uh, you know, social media and online. And there's definitely ways to do that through through LinkedIn and things like that. Um, there's, if you're in business, there's business networking groups. Okay. There's lots of business networking groups that you can attend. Um, like those BNI and, uh, master networks. And so you got to research and, and take a look at what, what different types of networking groups there are. Um, there's these happy hour, social networking things you can go to. Okay. You have to find, this is what I recommend. Test a bunch of different types and find which one really works for you. When I first got into financial services, I was trying all of them, okay? All the different types of networking, even the um, industry specific, okay? So you think of like um, HR uh, has a- um, Yeah, Sherm, you know, I got it, a, yeah, 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 yeah. Association, an association, yeah, right? So you have HR associations, you got accounting associations, you got financial professional associations, you got, CPA association. So it's like an industry specific association networking groups, right? I tried all these different types and you have to find out which one really works for you. The one that really worked for me 
was the volunteering, yeah. right? The giving back, the connecting on that common belief system and goal. And, and that's what really yeah. helped me, but it could be different for each and every yeah. person. Um, so find out what works for you and stick yeah. with it. Right. I, I think, um, I think those are all good places to go network. I think the challenge that most people have when the challenge or the, the obstacle they have were saying like, Hey, this is why I, I'm not networking is because they don't know how to start the conversation and continue the conversation. Right. I think, um, I think, you know, identifying to say first is like saying, okay, what, what, what is my goal? So if your goal is to get a job, okay, fine. Great. So, so what is there a particular industry? So you say, Hey, I want to get a job in the HR industry. So then you maybe that, that can help you identify where to go network. So maybe you want to go into HR, you go to Sherm. If you want to go into accounting and finance, and if you're Hispanic, you go to Alpha, right? So there's all these organizations, meetups, uh, online and in person, right? But then, then my, my question now goes like, okay, I'm, I made it. I'm here. I'm at a networking event. My local downtown, there's a, a chamber of commerce. I'm here. But I don't like, how do I even start the conversation? Like, how do I keep it going? Like, what's your advice there? Yeah. Uh, ask good questions and be, be more interested than interesting. Okay. You don't need to be uh, in the spotlight per se. You need to ask good questions and, and be a good listener. Right. What, what networking really is, is figuring out a way to make the other person's life easier. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's what networking is. It's not about yep. you. Okay. Now it will come back to you because if you make other people's lives easier, better, you know, happier, right. If you're able to serve other people and help them any kind of way, even if it's just a smile, even if you're just making them feel good about themselves, you're make you're giving them hope or you're encouraging them, you're lifting them up, or maybe you're actually legitimately solving problems for them, or maybe you're a connector. Maybe you're not the, 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 the direct person that solves a problem for them, but you are able to connect them to a solution, right? If you're able to make other people's lives easier and better and happier and more fulfilled, it will come back to you. Yeah. Okay. It will come back to you. It may not come back today, may not come back tomorrow, but it's coming back. You reap what you sow, sow a good seed, you'll reap a good harvest. And so that's what networking is. It's constantly planting seeds. It's constantly uh, uh, sowing seeds in other people and trying to help them, right? It's not about you. So that's why I said, be more interested than interesting. Go into that situation, ask good questions, figure out you know, hey, what maybe if they have any struggles, problems or challenges, what's going on in their life and figure out how you can be the connector. How can you solve problems for them? And I promise you, yeah. they'll come back. And they're what 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 happens is they they literally feel like almost indebted to you. Yeah. Right. They they you help someone so much and they're like, oh, my gosh. Wow. Like, what can I the, the thing that they say all the time is what can I do for yeah. you? How can I help you? Yeah. Right. Yep. And the next step. Okay. When that comes out, when someone says that to you, that means you've done a good job networking. Okay. When they say, man, how can I help you? What dude, what can I do yep. for you? Right. When that comes out of their mouth. Okay. Good job. Check. You did a good job. 
networking, you've built uh, and you've sowed a good seed, okay? Now, when they ask you that question, have an ask, okay? Have an ask. Yeah. What do you want them to do? And you? I would even say if you don't need anything from them, I would even say don't ask them. Say, hey, I don't need anything right now. Because the more you hold, better. But yeah, yeah, but, if you yeah, don't, if you don't, right? But if you if you are if because you if you're connected with them for a particular reason, because you think that they can connect you to your end goal, whether that's you know getting a job or, or building business, and then definitely have an ask. Well, even if you, even if you don't feel like they could potentially help you in any kind of way, like we all have needs, we all have desires and goals and dreams and things that we want to accomplish. And it's always people that are going to help you get one step closer. So let's just say for, for you yourself, for instance, okay? Uh, if I don't know if you can help me, um, it doesn't hurt to ask anyways. Because I don't know. I don't know that for certain, okay? And you may be able to connect me to somebody who can. Yeah, yeah. Right? So... Always ask. I don't well, think there's anything wrong. No, with I, I think as long as you there's a need that you need. But if you don't need a particular thing and you're just at, you're just saying, "Hey, Trevor, I need this just to, just because I want to say, reply to you for something." I think it's like ho holding down that ask. I think will re recur more interest as long as you're providing value. But if you are in need for like if I'm in need of a job and maybe you cannot hire me because you've already mentioned that you're in a hiring freeze or whatnot, maybe I could then say, "Hey, Trevor." I understand you're in a higher freeze, but do you happen to know someone that is looking for X, Y, and Z, right? Yeah. So, so I hear what you're saying, and I would, I would almost uh, respectfully challenge that just yeah. a little bit because if you don't have a need, we all have needs. If you don't have a need, if you don't have an ask, that means you really don't have a target or a goal, which means you really haven't sat down and put anything down on paper. Okay. We all have needs. Where are you? Where are you? A percent where you want to be in life with every single aspect of your life? Chances are probably not. Okay, so which means you have a need, and it may not be a need that they can solve, but it doesn't hurt to ask anyways, and to say, "Hey, you know, um, I'll give you an example." Okay, I'll give you a perfect example right here. I don't know if you would have. Uh, be able to solve this problem for me or not. Okay. But right now, one of my goals is uh, I'm putting together a live event. Okay. And it's going to be uh, a conference for uh, a, a career and business conference. Okay. We're going to combine two uh, entrepreneurs, business owners, and career transition folks all in the same room. Okay. And, you know, I'm looking for partners. Okay, I'm looking for uh, people that can help, you know, put this thing together. And so I don't know if you would have any connections or not. I have no idea, but why not ask? It doesn't hurt to ask, right? So I would challenge almost that if you don't have a need or you don't know what your need is, need is then you really haven't sat down and, and put down any goals. You don't, you don't have a target yeah. in your life. You need a target. Does no, that make sense? Like you I, need something in front of you. You need a carrot. I feel like everybody needs a carrot. Like we're we're kind of like uh, donkeys, and you need a carrot. And that was wrong. That was part of the problem with me growing up when I was a kid. I didn't have a goal, a target, and I was getting in a lot of trouble because I had a lot of energy with nowhere positive to put it. No target. No goal. No yep. mission. 
right? I had, I had nothing. So what was I doing? I was getting in trouble and I was making a big mess of my life. Cause I didn't have anywhere I needed to put, you know, like a goal or a target. No, it does. does. And I think the key, the key, the key so, there, like, and I think this is where I would agree is as long as you have, you are in a mission or you have a goal that you're trying to accomplish, then absolutely share it. But what I would stay away from, and I guess this is where I'm saying is I wouldn't suggest anybody just to ask for something when, just because they want to ask for something, but if you, act, and, and, and you and, no, because you're going to be wasting that ask when you don't have a valid ask. But to your point, it's like, if you have no, a no. goal, Earn yeah, yeah. if you have a goal, if you have, Earn. this is a, listen, this right here is, uh, it, when you clip this, okay. Cause I know you're going to go back and clip this. This is a mic drop moment right here. Okay. Earn your ask. Okay. Earn it. Do not go out there and just start asking yeah. people. Cause then you're a take, take taker. And I've met a lot of take, take takers where you go into a networking meeting and they're just asking and they haven't earned it yet. They haven't earned the right to ask you a dang thing, okay? So those people, I don't even want to yeah, help them, no. to be honest with you. I still will because that's just that's like my nature, but I don't want to because I'm like, man, you're just a selfish yeah. person. It's all about you. This whole thing is all about you. No, 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 no. You got to earn it. Networking is never about you. It's always about the other person. How can you make their life easier better how can you solve a problem how can you make them smile lift them up motivate them encourage them some form way or, or other how can you make their yeah. life better and once you have done that once you have successfully done that and they ask you remember i said the question they ask you is hey man dude how can i help you when they ask you that question you have earned your ask you've earned it and now you better have one is what I'm saying. Have a target, have a goal, have something that you're trying to hit. And whether or not they can help you with it, it's irrelevant. Ask anyways, you've earned it. But you're right. Don't go in there and just start asking everybody because then you're a tick, tick, taker and ain't nobody got time nope, for those. No, folks. no, I think there's no such thing as a long-term relationship if it's not mutually beneficial. And it cannot be mutually beneficial unless you're providing value to them as much if, if not more, and they're providing you. And I think the value can look different ways. But what I found is like, you know, to, to be successful in networking and is, is to deposit before you withdraw, right? So give before, right? Bingo. Um, give. There you go. And, 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 I and, love and, it. What's your, Daniel, what is yours? What is yours, Daniel? What What, what is uh, something that you're working on right now? A goal that you have, some place you're trying to go, some something you're trying to do. Right. What's a target for you that you've got in the next six months, a year? You know, what, what's something that you're trying to. So I am trying to develop um, a partnership side for my career coaching so that we can then connect our clients that are looking for jobs and then give them to companies. So I am looking for companies that are specifically looking that have higher or higher international students that are willing to sponsor their H1B. And what I will do in return is that I'll be a free staffing agency for them. So I wouldn't even charge them a staffing agency fee. I will give you the candidates. I will, I will vet them out for you. I would, you know, I would make sure that you're only getting the candidates to meet the requirements and, and that you're looking for just like a staffing agency would do for you, except you're not, we're not going to charge you the 20%. I love that. I love that. That's an awesome, awesome yeah. goal, right? I have thought something similar for what we do because me and you are kind of like in a similar mm -hmm. space, right? So I love that. How's that going? And what's, what's been the challenge so far? 
How long have you been thinking? For about, about a couple of months. And like even I had a conversation earlier today with a, a talent acquisition manager for a tech company. They're in hiring freezes. He's like, I haven't hired anybody since November. So, hey, I would love that. But I, I don't have any roles into probably Q1, Q2 of next year. And so like, that's good for Q1, Q2 clients of next year. But what about my clients today? So I think, you know, what, what I have found right now is that our clients are taking longer to get jobs. What used to take 90 days is now taking four or five, six months. Um, and so that's why it's like, I'm trying to, how do I speed up that process for them by, by having partnerships? But uh, Trevor, I, I know me and you can talk forever about this. I do want to talk a little bit just about LinkedIn. I know that you provide uh, a, a LinkedIn optimization ebook. Would you like to share a little bit more about what you do with link, like with LinkedIn and, and how people can get that workbook? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, and thank you for asking that, by the way. Um, so part of the process as I'm helping these job seekers is obviously LinkedIn, right? We all know how important that is. I'm sure you're aware, like it's super important. And so part of what I do is I help them to not only uh, optimize their profile, which that's what this ebook does. Um, it literally, it's a, an interactive ebook that's got some webinars included inside of it and all of that. So it's really nice. You just watch a couple of webinars, go through the checklist, go through the, the ebook, and uh, you'll optimize your profile to convert the eyeballs that land on it. Okay. You need to turn your, your profile into yeah. a landing page. Okay. And that it, you know, it needs to convert. Okay. It needs to have calls to action. It needs to be clear as to the problem you solve for a company. Okay. Uh, and so we, we teach that in this ebook and it's, it's, um, it's a free download. Okay. Um, I sent you the, yep. the, the all those links will to, be on so the show notes. It should Absolutely. be probably in the, Yep. Yeah, they can click on that in the show notes and, and uh, download it. It's a free download. Okay. And, um, you know, it's uh, something I put together just to really be a resource to help folks, whether you're in career transition or not, right? It's, it will help you to make sure those eyeballs convert into conversations. And part of what we do is uh, I also help them to get visible on LinkedIn and start creating content because you got to market yeah. yourself too. You know, everybody says that the, the job search is sales. You got yep. to sell yourself. Well, what comes before a sale? Marketing. Okay. Marketing is always before the yep. sale. Okay. You have to market yourself. And right now, if you think applying online is marketing, you're wrong. <laughs> you see how good that does you. If you're applying online and you think that's all you need to do, you're wrong. You are just wrong. Okay. It's not going to work or you're going to have to do a million applications to get any kind of results. So what you need to do is you need to market yourself. And I have this thing called the seven C's to cash flow, and it's uh, consistent content creates conversations that convert into careers and cash flow. Okay. So you need to be consistently creating content that showcases you as a thought leader in your space, putting yourself out there. Uh, telling people what you do. Why are you the best person for the job? You know, and uh, so few people do this, right? That that's actually the beauty of it. You will stand out. Like if you're in HR, let's just use an example HR again. Okay. So if you're in HR and there's a hundred HR candidates and one out of the hundred actually are 
you know, putting themselves out there, marketing themselves, creating content, showcasing the problems that they solve for an organization, right? One out of a hundred. Well, when those companies are looking at you online, which they will, they're going to go look at you online and they see you versus the other people who have got nothing going on, right? You're going to be much more attractive. Yeah. Now I think LinkedIn is underutilized. Less than 2% of people on LinkedIn are actually creating content. So you creating content, whether you're in HR, looking for a job, financial advising, if you're a marketer, it doesn't matter. Like you're going to stand out and you're going to get, you're going to attract the right people too, because the more you even showcase your personality, right? It's going to attract the right people. So look, I think there's so much to talk about. It's how me and you got connected, connected, right? Right. Because we have so many commonalities, right? Like I'm here on this podcast today because of creating content, content. like nothing other than that, really. I mean, I I don't know if uh, we have any mutual connections. I'm sure we do, but it wasn't like someone introduced us or any of that stuff, right? It was through content. That's the reason why I'm here on your podcast today. Yeah, through the visibility that you generated by creating content and came across my, my profile. So uh, Trevor, what is the best way to be able to learn more about you and what you do? And um, if they want to learn more about how working with you looks like too. Uh, yeah, so a couple of things. Uh, connect with me on mm-hmm. LinkedIn, okay? Definitely connect with me on LinkedIn. Trevor Houston, Houston like the city, H-O-U-S-T-O-N, okay? And what I will tell you to do is um, on my profile, you'll see it in my featured section. Okay, there's this little mm-hmm. section about halfway through uh, called Featured Section. Uh, we have something called the Career Transition Summit. Okay, And so if you're in career transition right now, you're looking to recover your cash flow, you're looking to level up uh, in your career, you need to come through this because I'm going to show you, you know, how to get out of that black hole, how to remove employer ghosting, Okay, how to get noticed, how to close the deal. Uh, all of this happens inside of the Career Transition Summit. So make sure you attend that. It's about an hour long. It's a webinar. They're going to attend. It's about an hour long. Okay. Um, And then, you know, if you have any kind of financial needs or anything like that, we have clearpathwellstrategies.com. They can go check that out. Um, But yeah, man, I would say connect with me on LinkedIn and and we'll go from there. Trevor, thank you so much. This has been awesome. For all you listening, I'm going to put all those uh, links to his LinkedIn, his websites all below. So make sure you check it out. Uh, And thank you so much for listening, everyone, and catch you guys on the next episode.